This is MarTech Interviews, a podcast from DK New Media, publishers of MarTech, the leading publication for sales and marketing professionals to research, discover, and learn how technology is driving business results. Your host is Douglas Carr. Well, welcome everybody to another in our interview series. This is Douglas Carr with DK New Media and the MarTech Zone. I have on the line with me today, I have Ray Grady from Cloud Craze. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful, Doug. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. And uh, and I uh, these these types of interviews, I, I don't know if anybody has insight into what happens with a uh, with our interview series, but you know we we have a combination of sometimes we reach out to companies and sometimes uh, companies reach into us through their PR people. And uh, and uh, first of all, you have a great PR team working with you there um, because they were prepared, and I love that. <laughs> And and so no, they're great. We've worked them for a long time. We love them. Yeah, that's good. And and so uh, we're going to talk about Ray a little bit, and then uh, we're going to get into the topic at hand. And that's uh, the topic at hand is four ways to determine if you have a customer first commerce platform. And uh, and Ray, for folks that don't know you and haven't met you yet, can you talk a little bit about your background? Yeah, sure, Doug. So um, again, I'm I'm Ray Grady. I'm the president and chief customer officer of Cloud Craze. Um, I've been in the digital and e-commerce world for a long time. <clears throat> um, uh, previous to Cloud Craze, uh, I was uh, at a startup SaaS business out of Boston called Acquia, which is one of the faster uh, SaaS organizations growing there in the content space. And they had asked me to come build out their e-commerce strategy. And then uh, before that, I helped start a consulting company called Acuity Group, which was a uh, digital design and uh, strategy firm and implementation firm around commerce and content platforms. So you've been but around the been con- doing this for a while. Yeah. So you've been around the content and e-commerce space uh, for your career. Pretty much, pretty much since there was, you know, I think we were generation one in e-commerce and some of the bigger uh, commerce sites uh, in the world. So we've been, yeah, since, you know, in the, in the late nineties, we started doing this stuff. And um, then in 2001, everybody thought it was going to go away at the uh when the uh, recession hit and the bubble burst but uh we kind of stuck with it and we're glad we did yeah and a lot of experiences along the way and it's a pretty hot space it it absolutely is and you guys might be in i i think one of the leading spaces now and and that's basically b2b e-commerce uh and and maybe talk a little bit just a, a quick overview of cloud craze for folks yeah sure so uh, CloudCraze is an e-commerce platform. Uh, we think it's the only true SaaS uh, B2B e-commerce platform on the market. So um, uh, it's a B2B data model and B2B business model. And we can probably get into today the differences between B2B and B2C and how that manifests itself, not only technologically, but within a customer. Um, we are unique, we think, and not, not only the fact that we're the only SaaS provider out there in the B2B world, but that we uh, are built on top of uh, the Salesforce platform. So uh, the Salesforce platform is, uh, as you know, the leading sort of CRM platform in the world. And we uh, had a vision years ago this, that said, let's, let's build your commerce experience around your customer and not around maybe your product or your pricing or your inventory or other back office solutions. So um, I think we're a little unique on a couple fronts, but um, the market seems to be resonating to our story 
Um, Salesforce has been a wonderful partner. We've seen some pretty explosive growth over the last couple of years. Well, and maybe not not even just a, a you know a little bit lucky. I think maybe a little bit of a visionary too. There, uh, I I you know if you were to ask five you know. Uh, especially 10 years ago, you know, about B2B e-commerce and possibly wrapping e-commerce into a, into a CRM. Uh, I think a lot of people would have scratched their heads and looked at you funny, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was uh and heck I probably would have done the same thing to be honest with you, Doug. I, you know, we, we, um, if you go back to when, you know, the, the implementations that we used to do, they were large scale, heavy, uh, you know, kind of monolithic Java stack applications that, we're really much more of a development framework than, than an actual uh, application set. Um, and candidly, the, the the space, the marketplace for for the size and scale of of let's call it B two C and B two B commerce, there's not a ton of you know real players out there. So yeah, ten years ago I probably would have laughed at it, but you know ten years ago and you know we were spending a lot of time uh, and money uh, uh, implementing e commerce platforms, and a lot of a lot of it was related to the infrastructure we had to set up. A lot of it was related to some of the customizations we had to do, and a lot of it was related to integrating applications. So maybe it's an ERP application or a CRM application. And with with what we have here with Cloud Craze, you know, a couple of those things go away. There is no infrastructure setup and tuning because we're native to Salesforce, and there's no literally zero CRM integration because of the fact that we're native. So we actually load within the customer Salesforce environment, which you know allows these customers to get to market uh, quickly. And we think in today's day and age with what's happening in B2B, getting to market and being flexible and nimble is paramount because there's a ton of change, as you know, happening. There's a ton of competitors coming in, uh, new competitors coming in, businesses. Obviously, there's the Amazon effect. Uh, so we feel like uh, we feel like we're onto something here. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I uh, yeah, I, I remember I, th- I I wrote about you guys. Boy, I'm not sure. Maybe it was maybe it was six months ago, and uh, and I was instantly uh, smiling, you know, because I, I I thought this is just absolutely incredible. Not just because you have a you know a CRM that I mean that you're sitting on top of the customer base, but really that you're building the experience around the customer, which brings us to the topic at hand, and that's the um, as we're moving forward, there's absolute evidence and detail that more and more companies are really going to have to push, especially B2B. Uh, we've seen, you know, customer journeys kind of make a role. We've seen personas play a role. We've seen personalization obviously continue to increase, but now we're really hitting a phase of sophistication with where customers want to get treated, uh, absolutely personalized. They, they, they want to know that you know what they want and when they want it. And so you've written kind of four questions uh, or four ways to determine if you have a customer first commerce platform and I'm going to go over them. And and so I'll go ahead and uh, I can't take credit for this, obviously, Ray, you wrote this, but, but I'm going to, I'm going to just put out the first question, the second question, third question, fourth question, and then maybe you can, Put some color to each of them. So that so, so how can companies determine if they actually have this customer first platform or not that's necessary nowadays? And the first and the first question that you pose to them is do you have a real time understanding of how customers are interacting with your system? And maybe talk to that a little bit. Right. So so what we see in um you know there we 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 see Customer first is something that we're pretty excited about because we, we feel like there are customers in the marketplace today that really, you know, fit 
fit that model and have the attributes of a customer first customer. Not, not everyone is, quite frankly, right? Whether it's technologically or on the business side. Um, but, you know, for those who are, they, they, they actually, they, 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 what we say, they kind of put their customer at the core of their business, right? Which is kind of what you articulated, right? So they want to say, okay, you know, I truly want to understand what's happening across channels. So whether that's happening in the field from a service perspective, whether that's maybe a customer calling into a call center, maybe it's a customer uh, collaborating on a forum with other, with other customers, right? Uh, peer customers. Uh, it could be interactions they have with a sales rep. We, we think all of those interactions should inform the, the e-commerce experience. Uh, the experience, it can inform things like pricing. It could inform things like product mix. It could inform things like promotions. Um, so for one, you know, we, we want our customers and the types of folks we want to work with, they really put the, that customer at the core and they, they, they think of their digital experience, you know, as their best offline experience, right? So when they think about the harmonization and orchestration of, let's say, customer service and sales and marketing all working together to really deliver a great customer experience, you know, we, we want customers who want to take that and apply that to the digital world. And and that's important. I, I think as a customer, I expect, um, you know, I expect to be spoken to and I expect to be presented with options, you know, based on my history. And there's probably nothing more frustrating than maybe having a conversation with a salesperson or whatever. And then two days later, getting an email uh, that is in opposition of that conversation. So maybe I renewed with the salesperson and then I get a, a renewal you know, notice or something like that, which is something that you would typically see in an integrated model where people are trying to move data from system to system to system. Whereas with you, with, with cloud graves, of course, someone enters that data right then and there, the segmentation and the communication that you're doing is going to work in real time, which is absolutely critical. I agree. No, we, we agree. And, and, you know, the real time component is pretty interesting. You know, our, our customers are, they, they, again, they have, they have similar attributes. So a lot of them are saying, right, they, they see the value in software as a service, uh, not just from a techie perspective, but just from an ability to execute standpoint and ability to be flexible. So we're seeing them move, let's call it, you know, historical static functions, maybe things like pricing or obviously promotions or the experience. And they're pushing that, into a more dynamic cloud-based solution. So we're actually seeing a lot of our customers, you know, a consistent theme we see is they're, they're kind of back office and their ERP footprint shrinking mm-hmm. and they're moving to solutions like, you know, like, like whether it's Salesforce or CloudCraise or other just SaaS or cloud-based systems because they, they have to move quickly. Right. right? There's just too many competitive threats and, and, te- and technology is affording them the opportunity to do things differently, which can increase sales, reduce, reduce cost of sale, ultimately improve, you know, EBITDA and margin. So no um, doubt. So it's a very dynamic space right now, for sure. And uh, your second question that you pose uh, is, can you see how customers are acting across engagement channels, such as service, sales, and commerce? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, and I guess I, I touched upon that a little bit in my, in my, in my initial uh, response. But, you know, again, that, that's one of the reasons when, 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 when the, the, the guys who wrote the product, you know, they had a vision, you know, they said, you know, if we think we need to be customer first and if we want to change this dynamic and if we think multi-channel is going to be here and real and going to be important, you know, how do we build this thing? And I think they, they, they were really smart and they said, all right, we're going to go build this thing on top of the best CRM platform in the world. 
So they they went they went to Salesforce and and you know Salesforce obviously uh, with the App Exchange um, is uh, very uh, open and um, wildly encourages innovation on top of the platform, not only in commerce but across other categories as well. And really, we're the first guys to kind of uh, take a shot at commerce and have been, been evolving it year over year. Um, <clears throat> the sales cloud guys like it uh, because it kind of validates. Um, sort of what's happening from a selling perspective on or offline. The service team likes it because it, you know, it can take a service request and give you the opportunity to do an upsell, cross-sell, and maybe save a customer. So it, it, uh, the, the Salesforce teams really like it, and, and the customers who are investing in Salesforce love it. We, we have a number of customers who, um, almost like the ERP wars in the late 80s and early 90s, they said, listen, we're not going to have disparate systems for service or call center or CRM. We're, we're going we're gonna to bet the house on a platform. And, and when they make that decision, more often than not, they make the bet on Salesforce. And those types of customers really rally around our, our value proposition. Oh, I bet. I bet. Uh, number three, are you able to respond to new customer cases by scaling and iterating based on customer feedback? Well, that's one of the beauties of, that's one of, the beauties of, uh, of, of being customer first and, and delivering a customer first platform like we do is we, we really enable, you know, what we call kind of one of our pillars is, you know, h- how do we get you speed to revenue? <clears throat> so if you don't have to set up infrastructure and tune it and set it, and, and if you don't have to worry about integration, and if you don't have to custom code things that are, that can be configured, you can get to market really, really quickly. Right? We, we have one of the largest, uh, you know, they're, they're in the, uh, let's call it meta macro level, let's call it oil and gas business. And, they're one of the larger distributors of a certain category there. They, they uh, met us at the end of January and went live in mid-March. Wow. Right. Full implementation, full ERP implementation because of this dynamic. Right. And if you look, if you map that to other others in the space, maybe some of the more legacy providers, you know, you're talking 12, 15, 18 months uh, less to get CloudCraze out the door. And we challenge our customers. We say, you know, what, what is a year worth to you? It, not only from a bookings perspective, not only from a rev share, not only from a, I'm sorry, a margin enhancement perspective, but just from a getting it into the market and being able to iterate. Yeah. Right. We have customers who will lead with one, well, they'll lead with one specific category and then we'll have a different customer set or a different region come in with an entirely different use case. And now that they have an iterate, they have a SaaS based platform, they can get to market quicker. We have customers in the industrial manufacturing space who are now in the subscription business and in the IOT business and the selling a data business. And that's, you know, did they lead with that? No, they probably led with a parts business, but um, you know, their customers are pushing them and now having a, a flexible platform gives them the opportunity to do something that, you know, in years past would take 18 to 24 months and maybe you miss out on a, on a market opportunity. So speed to revenue is super critical to being a customer, uh, customer first customer. And uh, we want customers who really want to kind of push that envelope. And, and hand in hand with that, of course, is, and you might have answered it already, is the fourth question there is, you know, the third question was, are you able to respond to those new customers, you know, cases? But the fourth is, can you roll out those new features available, you know, and make them uh, quickly available to your customer? Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what, that's kind of why our customers get excited, right? Because it's, you know, it's funny. We, I was on a contractual negotiation the other day and they were talking about, well, you know, what if we don't want to move to the latest version and, you know, how will you, you know, how many ver- back versions you support us? 
and I was telling the council, I said, this isn't like a financial system, right? We, we, this is, this, there is speed and change happening in this industry. We're adding capabilities to product all the time. But we don't have customers who are just sitting back and staying on a, on a static version and not pushing the envelope and not, not iterating, right? So, you know, if you can get to market quickly and then you can, you know, it takes you, let's say four months, maybe iteration two, maybe it takes you two months. I mean, you know, it's our point of view that we, we, we can get four or five iterations out there learn from the customer, new use cases, new regions, build from, you know, build the scale. Um, and the time that it may take a traditional on-prem provider or managed service provider, which is basically just, you know, it's the on-prem system and we're going to buy a hosting or pay, pay a managed services company to do it. But, um, you know, it's going to take them 18 months, right? So we can get four or five iterations out there, learn and grow as it takes them 18 months. And then if it does take them 18 months, you know, what happens? Maybe the business loses uh, faith, NIT's ability to execute, right? So maybe they don't continue to push it. Maybe funds get cut. Maybe you can't spend money on digital marketing to really drive results. So, you know, there's a there's a halo effect from a commerce perspective, not just speed of deployment. You know, it's going to cost you less money to deploy, but you, you can you, you'll you'll get additional value out there faster. You'll be able to iterate, and then you, ultimately you can take other funds and direct them to other. ROI-driven initiatives in the macro e-commerce space. So we, you know, we feel like that's a that's an irreversible trend, and we feel like we're on the right side of the coin there as well. Well, and and the, I think the evidence in the industry is is absolutely with you there. I, I know we did a uh, infographic a while back where we talked about you know just agile marketing and and the four threats to companies, um, and and you know, obviously adoption was one of those threats, but it was be 84% of marketers basically said that, you know, these disparate legacy systems absolutely impacted the, the ability for them to speed and, and develop new experiences for customers. And that was impacting their retention. That was impacting their acquisition. And of course they were losing, you know, that competitive foothold that they had. And, and so I, I think yeah. this is, this is a, this is not a unique story. I mean, definitely you guys are unique, you know, within your industry. Um, but, but we're seeing this everywhere. And that's that, you know, it, once upon a time, it was that, you know, a massive, you know, re-implementation or a shift to a platform was a, uh, a costly, you know, uh, painful, you know, migration that, that companies really cringed at and they wondered how are they going to fit into their budget and how are they going to, you know, have parallel pass running. But now what we're, what we're tending to see is the opposite that the companies that don't move, that don't shift, that don't take on uh, new technology like this, those are the ones that are seeing uh, the pain. And those are the ones that are seeing, you know, the, they're, they're just losing that market share like crazy. And I think there's finally a, you know, enterprise systems used to be a cost center. Now, uh, now these migrations and these new technologies like cloud craze are becoming, you know, a revenue generating shift, which is, you know, uh, when you, when you talk about, Hey, we're going to migrate to a platform, uh, in order to make our company more profitable. Uh, that's a, that's a new conversation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I mean, you, you it, it's interesting, you know, the, the phrase digital transformation has been thrown around a lot for, for a number of years, but boy, I'll tell you, we, we, we get to go to some of the best brands in the world. And we're, you know, we're blessed to have just some of these awesome customers that we have who are really pushing the envelope. And, and, you know, there, there are long-term established businesses, businesses that have been in business for heck, you know, a hundred plus years. 
and they're burning the boats with digital. They're saying, hey, we're, we're going to, data is going to inform everything and digital is going to be the way we're going to engage and the way we're going to sell and support. And it's, it's uh, they're just, they're just totally changing their business models. We think those are going to be the winners in this space. And those are the customer first customers we want to continue to, you know, retain and grow with and, and ultimately acquire new ones as well. Well, and for marketing sales professionals that, um, that, that see the value in data, these systems are, uh, what we love, right? We, we hate to make guesses. We hate to go with our gut. And so systems like these that absolutely cut out and carve out, you know, that, that huge, uh, you know, amount of error that is often associated with sales and marketing, uh, are, they just make our lives so much better. We can actually start predicting results rather than, you know, sitting there wondering whether we're going <laughs> to, whether we're going to hit our goals or not. Especially in B two B, right? I mean, it, it's one thing if you if you're having hundreds of thousands of anonymous folks from different channels coming to your site, and you're trying to understand and predict. But in B two B, more often than not, we know who you are, yeah, right. And if we don't know who you are, we can at least segment you in a certain way. And either way, we should be able to really predict what product mix you like, um, you know, what permissions you should have from a catalog standpoint, um, how to best tweak pricing. Right. Uh, to optimize that potentially based on inventory or other things, we, could, we should be able to bring in third party data. Right. Whether it's sell through data from a different product set, a different region to inform another region, weather, whatever, to really just dial in that experience to, like you said, to take kind of that guesswork out um, <clears throat> and really give the customers the opportunity to, to really drive a tailored experience for their their own customers or distributors. Uh, this is this is a fat. I, I think we could probably talk about this for two more hours. <laughs> But our, our time is nearing yeah. an end, uh, Ray. Uh, where can people yeah. find out what resources do you have where people can go look and 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 what do you want people to do next after they listen to this? Sure. Well, you know, I think uh, if you if you obviously you can go to our website uh, www.cloudcraze that's c l o u d c r a z e cloudcraze dot com and uh, get, get click on request some information and we can reach out and we can talk to you about some of the cool things that we're doing in the space. Um, that's a great way to, to, to meet us. Um, you can come see us in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're, we're in the we're in the market a lot. Obviously, uh, Dreamforce is a big event within our ecosystem. That's coming up here uh, at the beginning of November. We'll be excited to participate there. You can come visit Dreamforce and come see us at our uh, corporate office in Chicago. Um, either one of those things would be great. Reach out to us, and we'll make sure we get the right folks to to reach back out to you. Fantastic. Well, Ray, uh, any, any last words for anybody? Uh, where can they find you online? Yeah. So I'm on LinkedIn. So you, you can find me uh, LinkedIn. You can find me on Twitter, pretty active on, on, on both. So at Ray Grady, 1971 on Twitter, and then my LinkedIn profile, uh, you can find me there as well. Uh, Ray, Ray Grady. So I'm, uh, and then you can, you know, Ray.Grady at uh, cloudcraze.com. If there's a specific request you'd have, I'm more than willing to engage and, and, and kind of chat with you about some, what your uh, what you and your customers are looking to do. We think, as I said, we think we're going about it a little bit differently, um, and we think the right type of customer who fits that profile, and we think at a minimum we should have a conversation with what they're looking to do and if we can help them achieve some of the business goals. Fantastic. Well, thank you for taking the time today, Ray. Really appreciate it. The MarTech Interviews podcast is recorded at DK New Media's state-of-the-art podcast studio at the Speakeasy in downtown Indianapolis. Subscribe at martech.zone. Sponsorships and marketing services are available through dknewmedia.com.